just waiting for the recording. Okay, you good? Let's begin with prayer. Lord, today as we come to the end of this series, you know, we worship a God that there is no end to. You have no beginning, you have no end. And we can never plumb the depths of who you are. So we ask your Holy Spirit to reveal a portion of your truth to us today. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. That uh, section from the Gospel reading that we read, it kind of reminds me of sometimes I have family members that don't really know how to say goodbye whether we're on the phone or talking, goodbye seems to last forever. And it should just be, at some point, we've got to hit on the road or get on another phone call. It should just say bye and, you know, good. You know, uh, or I love you, goodbye. Sometimes we have a hard time ending things. But if we're going to end anything well with God, I think that Samaritan did a good thing. He came, he ended by giving glory to God. Now, we're going to have kind of a long intro today, but uh, I hope it'll, it should come together. I want to show you our last couple of pictures um, from our uh, photographer, we take pictures of, of people missing their devices, missing connecting with each other. You know, um, the disciples wanted to connect with God like Jesus connected with God through prayers, and so they said, teach us to pray. And as a society, as I've said before, we're losing our ability to really connect with each other sometimes, so how in the world do we connect with God? We want to pray like Jesus. And what we want to talk about today is, well, how do I end my prayer? Now, typically today, we hear, in Jesus' name, amen. That's how we end prayers. But if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Matthew 6.13. Because you're going to see something maybe kind of weird in your Bible, depending on which translation you have and what version you're using. The last part of the Lord's Prayer that we know, for those of us who have memorized, in the second part of Matthew 6.13 says, For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. But depending on which version of the Bible you have, that might not be there. And if it's not there, it's down at the bottom in the footnotes. Or if it is in there, it's in italics or it's in brackets. And the reason why that has happened is because, and I'll say this in your notes if you have any kind of study notes in your Bible, in the time since the King James Version was written, we found things like the Dead Sea Scrolls and stuff like that. And the little note will say, in the earliest manuscripts, that little section's not there. Let me show you a quote. This quote says, let us not forget that human knowledge and skills alone cannot lead humanity to a happy and dignified life. Now, I believe the message of that quote. I think that's a true statement that this person said, and I have it attributed to Isaac Newton. This is a real quote from history. It's a real quote from a physicist. But I have attributed it to the wrong person. That's actually from Albert Einstein. Now, I'm not trying to trick you, 
just trying to make a, a point here. What we have at the end of the Lord's Prayer, where it says, For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. It's a benediction. A benediction is a statement of truth or blessing at the end. If you have your bulletins, you'll look and you'll see at the end of our service, one of the things we have is a benediction. And sometimes it's a prayer, sometimes it's something I say, sometimes it's a song, but it's our final statement of truth that we want to have. And the benediction at the end of the Lord's Prayer, it's true, but it's misattributed. See, as I said, our best manuscript sources, our oldest manuscript sources don't have it. That means somebody put it in at some point. And so what this comes from is Christian tradition. Matthew didn't write that. Jesus didn't necessarily say that. But guess what? Early on in the church, people were always saying it. They would say the Lord's Prayer, and then they would end it with the benediction, Yours is the kingdom, power, and the glory forever. Amen. And so at some point, not trying to be sinister, but a scribe or a group of scribes, they're writing down Matthew and they say, well, we always say this part, let's just put it in. Now, from depending on the, the Christian tradition that you come from, uh, for some, like in the Roman Catholic tradition, that's perfectly okay. For, for some in the Roman Catholic Church, church tradition is just as important as Scripture. It's why right now uh, Pope Francis and the Cardinals, they're having a debate over whether or not they should allow married priests in certain areas. And Pope Francis is saying, it's not in the Bible that you have to be single to be a priest. But there are a whole group of people saying, but it's church tradition, and that's important too. Now, as Protestants, or in fact Wesleyans, you know, we put scripture as number one. So that's why I took the time to point out, hey, somebody added this in. They added it in a long time ago. <laughs> but we put scripture first and tradition after scripture. And we also put our reason to the text. We put our experience to the text. But not all those are weighted the same. And more recently, as a subset of experience, we want to make sure we understand the culture of the text and our culture that we're trying to apply it to. So this was an early benediction that Christians used, just like in Jesus' name, amen. If I gave one of you a written prayer and said, hey, on Sunday, would you say this written prayer? And I didn't put in Jesus' name, at, amen, at the end. Somebody might come up and add that anyway, just because that's what we do quite often. And that's the way this benediction was. And so it's put into the text. Now, I'll say, I have no problem saying this benediction. Because it's part of our tradition and it's true. But I don't preach tradition. But I know it's true because this is not the only benediction that we have in the Bible. We have, I, I stopped looking, I, I put a really strict uh, search on benedictions, I wanted to like make sure it was at the end of, of, of a kind of prayer statement that it had an amen in it. And I found 13 just in the New Testament. We're not going to look at all 13. But 
here's the thing. These other benedictions I found, many of them said the exact same words that we find in the benediction of the Lord's Prayer. So I know it's true because it's affirmed by other benedictions in Scripture. And that's actually what we're going to be looking at today. So in your Bibles, we're actually going to be in the book of Revelation. Because that's where I found three that affirm the benediction that the church tradition brought in to say at the end of the Lord's Prayer. And the first thing we're going to look at is kingdom forever. Kingdom forever. And it's Revelation chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. Revelation 1, 5 and 6 says, And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and has set us free from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom, priest to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Here's another benediction. And it says so much of what we've just seen in this other one, the church tradition one. First it says, this is written to Jesus Christ, Jesus the Messiah, the anointed one, the one chosen by God, our Savior King. He is forever faithful, a faithful witness of God the Father. He is forever risen from the dead. He is forever ruler over every ruler on the earth. That's who he is. And he also says in this benediction what he does. Jesus the Messiah, the anointed, chosen by God, Savior King, forever loves me. Forever loves his people. And he has forever freed me from my sins by his blood. His sacrifice and the covenant that he made with us is forever. He's forever made us a kingdom. The kingdom he makes is not just territory. But primarily it's a kingdom that's people. Jesus is making a kingdom that's not just for us. He's making a kingdom that is us. And in that kingdom, he forever makes us priests to God the Father. What does it mean to be a priest? I think in this case we can say it means we forever have access to God the Father. We can pray. And we can intercede for others which is a lot of what the Lord's Prayer was about. Thy kingdom come. So we know who Jesus is. We know what Jesus does. And Jesus the Messiah, the anointed, chosen by God, Savior King, there's a few things that he has. He has forever the glory that's due a king. And he has forever the authority of a king. That's what Revelation 1 tells us. The longest reigning monarch in history is up on our screen there. Elizabeth, Queen Elizabeth II is at 67 years and counting. That puts her in sixth place. This is Sabuhuza II. He reigned for 82 years, 256 days in Swaziland. 
almost 83 years. It's a long reign. Some people don't live 82 or almost 83 years. You know, the longest interrupted government that we've had is the Republic of Venice, 1,100 years. Now, the Kingdom of England went for 936 years, but it was interrupted by Cromwell for 11 years, and it's changed government types. Our top five longest empires, the Ethiopian Empire, went for 666 years. The Zhou Empire of China, 790 years. The Holy Roman Empire, 844 years. The Byzantine Empire, 874 years. But it had a little interruption in it as well. The longest empire that we know of is the Empire of Japan. We're not even sure of the start date of the Empire of Japan. The best guess is that it's been going for 1,703 years and still going. Impressive, Japan. Revelation 20, verse 6 says when Jesus comes back, he's going to reign for a thousand years just to get started. He's going to give us a thousand years just to settle in. Then he's really going to start doing stuff. Empire Japan has nothing on the kingdom forever of Jesus. But people are first the kingdom. Earth, where us people live, that's secondary. So, you know, we need to for sure do things to preserve the earth. But if we are a kingdom of priests, our first work is to save people. It's not that we ignore the earth, but people are the kingdom of God. And these attributes, what are, you know, I looked at what are the attributes of the kingdom of Jesus? Salvation happens in the kingdom of Jesus. Disciples are made in the kingdom of Jesus. Justice and peace are part of the kingdom of Jesus. Healing is part of the kingdom of Jesus. So guess what? I can pray for all those things because Jesus' kingdom is forever. To pray like Jesus, I pray the truth. Kingdom forever, power forever. Revelation seven twelve. I want to move ahead. This one I like because it has Amen at the beginning and end. Saying Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and strength to be our to our God forever and ever. Amen. It begins and ends with amen. That is truth. Let it be. He says, forever let this truth be. And he lists these attributes. Blessing. God has bounty. He has much of good things. Both in himself and to give. Glory. The honor and praise and worship. It also, the same word is for glory has to do with like the splendor of God. Like when, when God 
made his presence in the temple and his splendor was there and you couldn't enter because the presence of God was there. And also at the return of Jesus, how he destroys his enemies is simply his glory. He's so glorious, no one can stand against it. Blessing, glory, wisdom. God has knowledge that he puts to positive use. Thanksgiving. Our God, because of our God, we have reason to give thanks. And this particular word is the word from where we get our word, Eucharist, which is another name for the Lord's table or communion. So it's a thanks specifically for salvation, for the covenant. We give God honor forever. That means he has value. God has power. He has might with virtue. Not just power for power's sake, but power used for good. And strength, power with ability. So power with goodness and power, power that is skillful. And then here's kind of a side. I think you ladies will appreciate this and you guys should appreciate this too. So, the Lord's Prayer begins with our Father in Heaven. Obviously a masculine uh, terminology for God. But all these words used to describe God, blessing, glory, wisdom, thanksgiving, honor, power, strength, in Greek those are all feminine attributes. <laughs> Yeah, our God is whole. <laughs> now, as we try and look for green energy in our country and around the world, solar power, that's a cool thing, but the sun's not going to last forever. It's going to outlive me. <laughs> going to outlive my kids. But even the sun doesn't last forever. Even the sun is not consistently reliable. We're not getting much sun, solar power today. We have wind power, but wind comes and goes. Windmills break down. I saw a uh, stat just this week that said when when the life cycle of the windmills that we have put up for power start to go, I think they last, oh, I'm not even going to say because I don't remember how long they last. It was, I think it was around 50 years or less. Um, it costs $500,000 to decommission a windmill. Wow, it's going to cost us a lot. You know, we can't power ourselves forever. Let alone maintain power in any kind of even political sense. But all those attributes of God are truth. See, I can pray for salvation and for the making and growing of disciples and for justice and peace and healing because I can be absolutely sure that God has the power to do it. Especially the salvation part. There's another benediction, Ephesians 3, 20-21. Now to him who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think 
according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Any truth that God wants to happen, he absolutely has the power to do it. So to pray like Jesus, we pray truth. And glory forever. Kingdom, power, glory forever. Revelation 5.13 I heard every creature in heaven, on earth, under the earth, on the sea, and everything in them say, Blessing and honor and glory and power be to the one seated on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. See, God's glory is not just for Sunday morning or when Jesus comes back or not any point in time. See, God's glory covers all time, everyone, everywhere. John has attempted to list here every possible place that, that could be speaking to the glory of God. Every creature in heaven. Every creature on the earth. Every creature under the earth. Every creature in the ocean. And everything in them. So it doesn't even necessarily have to be a creature. Remember Jesus said if, when he was coming in at the triumphal entry, and the Pharisees said, tell your people to be quiet. And he says if they get quiet, the stones will shout out. Everything cries out to the glory forever of God. He sits on the throne, and he is our sacrifice. That's why he's called the Lamb. Forever and ever, two times. I want to be sure that we know it's really forever. Forever and forever. In case you thought there was an end for forever, let's add another forever on there. Forever he has the bounty. Forever he has the value. Forever he has the worship. Forever he has the might. For us, glory doesn't last. Let's do a little trivia test. I remember as a kid, I used to love to watch the Grammy Awards. Anybody else used to watch the Grammy Awards on TV? Yeah, okay. Well, maybe people won't do so good. Anybody know who won the Grammy Award for Album of the Year this year? Yeah, I didn't think so. I didn't know. Casey Musgraves. I don't even know who that is. Last, anybody know last year? Last year I actually knew the person. Bruno Mars. Now, the reason why I know Bruno Mars, who he is, is because he's the son of Eric Estrada. Remember from Chips? <laughs> so that's my generation. Chips. <laughs> Let's go back 10 years. Anybody know 2009, album of the year? It's somebody some of you might actually know. There's a duet. Robert Plant. Allison Krauss. Okay, let's go back 20 years, 1999. This was a really famous one. Anybody know who got the glory in 1999? It wasn't Prince. 1999? Nope. It was Lauren Hill, The Miseducation of Lauren Hill. That's still a very popular album. There's another one in the 90s. Super popular, 1994. I'll give you a hint. It was a movie soundtrack. 
This artist is not alive anymore. Bodyguard, Whitney Houston. Oh, we got one. 1994, Bodyguard, Whitney Houston. Some of us graduated in 1989, 30 years ago. Anybody know who won the Grammy for Best Artist in 1989? George Michael, Faith. Not alive anymore either. 1979. Are we getting closer to some of your generations? This one? Uh, close, okay. <laughs> I'll give you a hint for this one. This is, this is a various artist, but it's mostly known by one group that was on it. And it's another soundtrack. 1979. Saturday Night Fever soundtrack. What happened to the glory? <laughs> okay. Let's try and get this artist. We'll stay in the 70s. 1974, 1975, the same artist won two years in a row. That doesn't happen very often. Any guesses? It's a Motown artist, but has his own unique Motown sound. Stevie Wonder. You all know who Stevie Wonder is. Where's his glory? <laughs> okay, one more. Anybody, a 60s kid? 1968? This one's very popular. We should all know this one. What's that? Beatles. Hey, Sergeant Pepper's only Hearts Cup fan. The Beatles. Glory doesn't last, does it? In those years, that was huge. Doesn't last forever. And forever. <laughs> Sometimes it doesn't even last a couple months. The best truth that I can pray is that which gives God glory. Not myself. So I pray for salvation. I pray that disciples are made. I pray that there's justice. I pray that there's peace. I pray that there's healing. That all gives glory to God. I pray like Jesus. I pray the truth. This is so interesting in the times of Jesus and in our times now, but you know, the time the New Testament was written, the reason why this idea of saying God, God's glory and honor and power and strength is forever and ever, the the other gods of the time, they didn't last. It's part of their mythology that they don't last. For the Greeks and the Romans used the same gods as the Greeks. It starts with the Titans. But the Titans are overthrown by the gods, Zeus and all them. And then Zeus and all the gods are overthrown by people. Hercules ascends to Mount Olympus. Gods don't last. And so, for our Bible and later church tradition to say, guess what? God lasts forever and ever 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 and ever. What a radical thought. And it still happens today. There's a TV show and books called American Gods. And this story, it depicts the older gods that people worship, like 
Odin, death, tricksters, and even Jesus, these old gods are being replaced by new gods. Technical boy, media, Mr. World. But our final statement is to know that God is forever. That's how you end a prayer. Let's pray. From Psalm 66. Shout joyfully to God all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say to God how awesome are your works. Because of the greatness of your power, your enemies must give you obedience. All the earth will worship you and sing praises to you. They sing praises to your name. Come see the works of God, who is awesome in his deeds toward people. A God who saves us by turning the sea into dry land. He rules by his might forever. He keeps watch over all the nations. So let us not exalt ourselves. Bless our God, people, and shout his praises abroad. He who keeps us in life and does not allow our feet to slip. You have tried us, O God. You refine us as silver is refined. You bring us into your net and laid a burden upon our lives. Would you stand and let's say the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Oh, sorry, that should have been debts. <laughs> and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Thank uh-huh.